Welcome to Unraveling Midlife. I'm your host, Sarah Spence. Thanks for joining me as I explore my own midlife by speaking with inspiring people about theirs. This show overall was inspired by the midlife crisis, Western astrology transits. And you'll be hearing lots more about this today. At the end of the episode, as usual, you'll hear a music track by me, and this time, a brand new one. Today's show is the super duper edition outlining the major astrological transits that happen in every adult's life, including the midlife transits that I loosely base the show on. Everyone goes through these transits as part of life when the planets make angles to where they were at your birth. Around the ages of 29, the late 30s, 40-ish, 42, mid 40s and 49 to 50, these are times in life that everyone goes through. Depending on what generation you're in, it will have a different theme because of the zodiacal sign. Depending on what time of the day you were born and where, that narrows the influence on the individual. And the aspects to other planets have an effect too. As one of the top people on my wish list, I've been looking forward to having professional astrologer Harsha Rigney from Astrovision as my guest today. She gives us the complete scoop on six major transits of adult life with illustrations from her own experience. Harsha is an astrological consultant, in-person teacher and soon-to-be online teacher of astrology. She has practiced and taught for over 25 years in Australia and New Zealand. This year is the 25 year anniversary of her moon calendar with versions for both Australia and New Zealand available. The calendar itself is both useful for its timing information and top notch learning content. I've been learning with Astrovision for several years, which has been a great support during my own midlife unraveling, as I call the midlife transits. So, hi, Harsha Rigney. Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Thanks for inviting me, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, I'm, I'm really excited. You're one of my top people that I made notes on that I wanted to talk to when I designed the idea for this podcast. And it's absolutely so fitting because of this unraveling midlife, um, looking at those main astrology transits of midlife. But over the months since the show's started, we start talking about some of the other major uh, transits that happen. Um, and of course, a lot of that I've been learning from you in my astrology learning journey uh, so here we get some tips and tricks and and hear from you about your journey so maybe tell the listeners what do you do okay well to begin with I'm an astrologer uh, and in this role I have many different ways of um, bringing astrology uh, and our byline is bringing astrology to your everyday life uh, so I work with clients on a one-to-one -one basis uh, in regards to helping them make decisions, helping them with their self-development, helping them to choose the best time for significant events in their life. But I also am a publishing house, and so I have a moon calendar that I create every year. My daughter and I have just released the 25th year edition, <laughs> which is incredible. Uh, and so that's, that's out there now, um, which is awesome. And that's something that you can use as an everyday tool. And then I also have books, but I also have um, classes. So I teach people how to be able to use astrology with, with themselves, for themselves, for their own family, for their sometimes to support their business. Like I've got a lot of health practitioners who use astrology to help them with their clients. Uh, I have people who use it to just as part of their own um, travel plans or study plans and just giving them life direction a very easy and a somewhat of a shortcut way of of getting there i remember being in your class um and well i think it was with one of your other teachers but uh, designing when when i was going to have my 40th birthday party according to the best time of of the moon and uh, and it was a really good party <laughs> 
And that's a wonderful thing with astrology. I mean, it gives us so many different tools to have in our kit bag. But one of the essential tools of astrology is timing. And of course, you've chosen that as a, um, a topic for today is basically timing of these big self-development ages that we go through. Uh, and so, um, yeah, this is quite a significant um, process for everyone because no one gets a free ticket. No one gets an exemption card. Everyone has to go through those obstacles as, you know, jump hoop to get through them. So the timing part of astrology is amazing because, it, like, say, for instance, with these big growth experiences that we go through, astrology will date it. It can date it down to the day of when you're going to start it and when you're going to finish it, which is just amazing because when you're in these experiences, they're so challenging, they're so intense, they're so you know, uh, transformative, but it's so nice to know when it's going to end so that you don't feel like I'm in this forever. It's like, okay, I know that I've got a year of this or I've got six months of this, and that's the outcome that I'm heading towards. If I just focus on that light at the end of the tunnel, I know I'll get there, which is actually very helpful. Definitely, and I'm really starting to observe some of that in my own life. The more I take note, I look at what's happening with the planets and I guess that's what led me to, to this show uh, starting off with those midlife transits of the Pluto square um, which was when I started studying astrology with astrovision uh, and, and then into the Neptune which I'm a Neptune square um, which can be a bit fuzzy which is my current place um, and almost talking to inspiring people who've been through midlife uh, to kind of prep for the next one, that Uranus chaos, um, and then the Saturn opposition. Um, how did your midlife go? Uh, well, of course, it, it, it takes quite a span of time in there because you mentioned from the Saturn return starting at that 29 age and then the Pluto squares around that 36 to 39 and, of course, the Uranus in, in the early 40s, Chiron returned there at the 50s. So it's quite a span of time. But for everybody, and while we can actually give those ages and everyone at that age, as I said before, needs to go through those life events, where that is astrologically, where those planets are noted, first off by natal position, is going to tell you what that person has brought in as, as this lifetime story to work on, what are their deep psychological issues that they're needing to process. But then by transit, and the transit part of this is actually giving us that timing, because when we're looking at those those particular events, it's because the planet has moved on from where it was when that when we were born. So we can actually see it as a timing event. And with that, it means that we can see from the chart exactly what that person's individual story is. So breaking it down for people who might not be um, that into astrology listening. So natal meaning when you're born, there's a natal chart and then transit, the planets just keep moving and moving and moving. And so we look at where the planets are now, for example, or where they were a couple of years ago or where they're going to be. At Christmas, where should we have family Christmas, or if that's an option? I'm just going to put on to the side there my particular story, but if I can just explain that first off, the Saturn return for all of us, I call it repotting the pot plant. It happens at 29, so it's 28 to 30. Usually it's an 18-month process. Some people might whiz through it in a year, but some people can even take two years to do it. It does depend on the retrogrades, which is the oscillating fan-type experience going up and over it. But for everybody, I call that the repotting of the pot plant or North Americans, that's potted plant, not actual, like, marijuana. Oh, okay. <laughs> they call things different things in different places. <laughs> okay, so first off, the experience for everyone at that age is about making, being able to learn how to make a really significant decision in your life. Really being able to say, I'm now my own authority. I can now exercise my own sense of self-control and I can actually make a decision. So that's what everybody has to do at, at the age of 29, if we just round it off there, is everyone needs to make a significant decision. Now, what that decision is comes back to their individual chart. So first off, what where that Saturn is in their own chart is going to show that's natal position, which we spoke of. 
uh, when we have a return, it means it's gone all the way around the chart and come back to its point of origin. So you, you spoke about the Chiron return as well. Same thing. It's back at its point of origin by transit. And it just means that from that location in the chart, it will tell us exactly what is that person's decision going to be. For some people, if it's in the fifth house, if it's in the in the area of creativity, then it's a creative project that needs to be manifested. For someone else, it might be that's a time for them to get married if it's in the area of relationships. For someone else, if it's in the tenth house, it might or to do with work or their career, it might be to do that they've established a, a change of their career or taken on a business. For me, where I've got it in my charts, so bringing it back to my own experience, is that it's in Aquarius, which is working with the community, and it's in the eighth house, which is bringing up my metaphysical studies. So at the age of 29, I made the shift of astrology was no longer a part-time business for me. I was living in Australia, or first off in New Zealand. I did my studies of astrology in New Zealand. I went to Australia. I worked as an astrologer. I started teaching as an astrologer, but it was part-time work. I was doing other work as well. So I was just sort of bringing it together and building it up slowly. Moved back to New Zealand with my Saturn return. And I had a choice. Am I just going to bring it into the same program and just have part-time? And I kind of felt like, I don't want to do that. This is my time of Saturn being where it is on my chart to actually make it my full-time work. Now, in that stage, which was in the early 90s, most people hadn't even heard of astrology in New Zealand. So I had to actually educate the masses around me. I had to go out and do all these sort of party plan type things to actually get people to know what astrology was before I could even bring them into my classes. But that was my Saturn return was actually where I gave myself the commitment that from that point, I was going to work full time as an astrologer, whatever that meant for me to do. And as I said, I've branched it off into individual client work, uh, teaching and creating a school out of it and also creating moon calendar and books out of it as well so I just feel like I from that point it's like okay that was me repotting my pot plant my tree was going to grow as an astrologer so we can do that for everybody because not everyone's going to have that same story so we have the age is the same for everyone the generation you belong to and that's going to be that this is a particular story that's generational but then we look at your individual placement in your chart to see what's your individual story. So it's like we take the biggest, biggest scope, take it to the medium, take it to the smaller. And all the while, it's helping you to understand exactly what's, what's the best that you can make out of this experience. It's a mind-blowing kind of topic, especially once you get going with telling the stories of things that happened in your life. Um, so what, what happened in midlife specifically? Okay, um, for me, of course, that's Uranus halfway around the chart. And for me, uh, a few things happened there. One was that I had, while I was teaching, I, I had been teaching since I was in my early 20s, um, I had actually been set up by one of my tutors to, to take up the role of teaching, sharing his classes with him and extending out. But I would always been, and that was in Australia, we started through TAFE, which is um, a like continuing education it's like they're polytech and then when I came here I brought all my references and papers and I went to the continuing education and brought astrology into the night class program so I was actually paid by ministry of education to teach astrology which was you know quite quite amazing um but then through that early time of the Uranus halfway and again for me in my chart the Uranus sits in an educational role so I educate alternative subjects. That's that's my role as a teacher. Uh, and so here, um, the actual continuing education program was shut down at, with the government at the time. And it threw me into this, well, I don't want to stop teaching, but it means that my uh, environment that I've been teaching through, basically through the um, schools, was no longer available. So it threw me into, okay, I've got to find my own community venue. I've got to create my own program because, of course, they had lots of guidelines of what I could do and not do, um, even in regards to class sizes and timing of when I could do my classes, etc. So it pushed me out into the community to actually say, okay, I'm, I'm just going to fly solo now. I'm not going to have to be within this perimeter anymore. So that was a big thing for me because uh, it was another push of me taking astrology further out. 
Mm, I think a lot of societies around the world in the Western world, at least, I know here in New Zealand, they shut down the continuing education program. That was where I was doing a lot of yoga teaching. And it was a bit like that. It was like, whoa, what, what's next? Yeah. So was there anything specific in those midlife transits? So were you living in Australia during that period of time? Well, no, I came back from Aussie um, oh. 29. Um, no, we're not, so I've been back in New Zealand since then. But the key point is, I said, each of these planets, they have a different energy. That So everybody brings that along as part of that process. It's not like all of these events are the same. So the Saturn return, because Saturn indicates our structure in our life, as I said, that's when we make a very significant decision uh, and that being able to be our own authority at that point. The Uranus Oh, the, the Pluto square happens in that second half of the 30s. Uh, and that's when we face our greatest fears. Uh, for me, at that time, I was actually stepping into being in a performing band. Uh, wasn't actually something that I particularly wanted to do, but I, because of my relationship with my husband, my brother, they were forming a band, kind of just sort of rolled me into it. And with that, I not only performed music um and we did for 20 years from that point but um we also I also was a sound tech for them and I also became the manager for them and it's the, the other musicians that were in the band had all played for many years in different bands I came in and I'd only learned classical music so I hadn't actually done that same sort of performance I hadn't done that sort of um that style of music and for me, I had to overcome my fear. I had to overcome my fear of, am I doing it right? I feel so, felt so inadequate being with these guys that had decades of experience. But I, I, it's like I created my role. Now, again, because of that Pluto square for everyone in every generation, they have to face their greatest fears. But my generation, being born in the 60s, have got Pluto and Virgo. So our fear is about um, not being good enough or feeling judged because things aren't, uh, haven't been done well enough or I had even by quantity or quality hadn't done it um, enough or as I said, by, by um, well enough or good enough but or, or even enough. So I had to actually deal with that, you know. I had to realise that my standards were actually good enough and that I did contribute something. And, and it was quite bizarre um, because classically trained on the piano, I took on... They, the band, as I said, sort of, I just sort of rolled, stumbled my way into this position because they need a drummer, they needed a percussionist, and I actually took playing the keyboard and but playing it as a drummer. And cool. so I broke new ground, and and that was was massive. It was massive for me to actually say, I am good enough, I am enough, I can do this, and that that was huge. Again, for me how that sits in my chart. It was about the tools that I used. It was in my sixth house. It was the tools that I used, the, the, the work colleagues that I had, the locations that we want. We got to be a touring band around pretty much the top half of the, well, from top, oh no, pretty much the North Island. We were quite extensive touring around. Um, yeah, and, and I was breaking new ground with that and overcoming my fears of not being enough. So that was my Pluto. But the Uranus part for everyone is about choice and it's that freedom to choose it's and it's a different experience because this is uranus halfway around the chart it's a different to a conjunction it's a difference to a square this is the opposition uranus is halfway like the full moon it's halfway around its cycle it's looking back at its point of origin as i said that was a lot about creating freedom for myself getting out into the world with my astrology studies because for me it's on a um, educational role but it was also a time that I wanted to write a book and I wanted to write something that I felt for everybody. I didn't want it to be only those that were interested in astrology or those that had an understanding of astrology. I didn't want it to limit me. And this again is Uranus, that freedom, that sense of freedom. Where that sits in my chart, as I said, it's about education. Where that comes for the generation I belong to, it's about feeling that we've, we can rise above the expectations of others. Uh, yeah, and, and so that was a huge process for me to actually write my book. My, my book, The Golden Keys, is about how to bring love into your life. It's the golden keys to the temple of, of your love. And it's how to bring more and how to bring more or live more or to generate more love in your life. 
Um, but while I wrote it with an astrological structure, there's not one reference of astrology in it. So the, pers- the reader can, can just enjoy all of that without actually knowing anything about astrology. And that, for me, was actually really important. I, I didn't want it to be that someone's judgment of astrology, whether they believed in it or not. It, you know, people say to me, oh, you must believe in astrology. Well, you don't believe that the sun's going to rise. You don't believe that the full moon's going to happen. You don't need to believe. It just is. So I didn't want to have to deal with people having this judgment of whether it was a belief system or not, because it's not. Uh, it's just part of life. And it's just part of all of our ways of, of understanding the, the solar neighborhood that we live in. Uh, and yeah, and so that was quite liberating for me because that's really what you're looking for with Uranus halfway in those early 40s is to feel liberated, to feel excited again with your life, to feel that you're doing something different, that you've earned that maturity with that Saturn, that Pluto transit. You've earned that maturity. You've made that sense of self authority, you've overcome your fears, you're now ready to experience more freedom. I find that interesting since this is in the release of the Scorpio new moon in November 2021, where where we're based is feeling like a distinct lack of freedom. (laughs) Yeah, it's inspiring to take that spin on it because I know that I think I'm making it big in my mind going okay Uranus opposition is coming up what can I do what can I do but I recall you talking about my generation so those of us in our early 40s now and at one point it was just this it felt like a bit of a slap in the face when you said in this generation it's about patience I'm like no that's so challenging (laughs) and also because yours (laughs) Obviously, your generation being Uranus and Scorpio, and this has been the, the transit currently as, the, as Uranus and Taurus, it's really about questioning your values and not just taking them at face value, not just saying, oh, well, that's what I have in my life. But actually, with any of these subconscious planets, they get us, they provoke us to ask why. Why do you have that value? Where did it come from? Is it still relevant in your life now? That might have been a value you needed in your early 20s. Is it something that still applies in your early 40s? It's true. Yeah, and, you know, like I personally love the influence, the impact that these outer planets bring to us because they help us to grow up. They help us to to mature, to change, to develop. Uh, Yeah, I think without them, we'd be living a very mono life. You know, I think that they give us signposts to aim towards to say, yeah, I'm, I'm going to challenge myself to grow to that point. How did astrology help you navigate midlife? I mean, I'm sure it kind of gets into every facet of your life and has for obviously some decades. But was there anything specific that that helped you I mean the knowledge that you've just talked about is there anything that people going through it or about to go through it can look at are there general tips or does it was it really kind of delving in no like as I said they've all got their own sort of energy their own sort of characteristics so the Saturn really was well what do I have to achieve you know what's that what's that desire in me to feel that I've got to prove something or or step up to that plate and Pluto being what do I what fears do I have to come through? So even looking at my resistances and and dealing with all that buildup of that volcanic pressure of I'm too scared and, you know, as I said, getting up on stage and having that stage fright and it's like, I can do this. You know, I'm with these people who have been playing music for decades. They don't have any stage fright. I'm fine, you know, like, and just pushing myself through that. But you don't need that same experience and you don't get those same experiences with the other planets. So Uranus itself is very much keep looking at what are your choices? Um, what, what are your options? What is the risk involved? You know, as, and even with this current situation with the vaccinations happening around the world, in New Zealand with the big vaccination push, a lot of it is the generation of those that are in the early 40s are the ones that are most resistant <laughs> Um, because they need to feel 
that they've been asked what are the risks involved. And while a lot of them focus on the risks of the vaccination, they're not actually taking into account the risks of the COVID. <laughs> you know, I seem to think you know, they're not quite looking at those risks. So, you know, like it's being aware of all the risks from the choices and the consequences of your action, what, what will actually come from that. And it's an interesting thing because Uranus itself is very much represents our teenage quality. And in those teenage years, we tend to just jump into actions and aren't really aware of the consequences of our actions. We tend to just jump into the experience. But at that 42 point or the early 40s, that's what we're looking at. It's like, this is my action. What's the consequences of my action? Or these are my choices. What's the consequence of that? Where will that take me? Not just what's the immediate rush and energy that I'm going to get from it, but what's the feeling afterwards or where will it lead me? So very much being aware of the choices and the options or the options, the choices, the consequences. So that's an enormous part of that um, early Uranus time. And I think it's interesting because so many people with these so-called midlife crises, as I call it, and I love the way you call it midlife unraveling, or we can also call it the rebirthing of life. But they are points that we are needing to, just be very aware, and again, this is a wonderful tool of astrology, is that it helps us to exactly show us this is what needs to change, whether it be, for instance, your work. If it was your work, then, okay, this is it's your work needs to change. It's not your relationships. It's not your finances. It's not your house. But a lot of people tend to throw the baby out with the bathwater and change the lot and then get to the other side. And this is, this is the consequences, that they then go, oh, actually, I didn't need to change my relationship. So again, astrology will show us specifically this feeling when we're leading up to these experiences, there's always this feeling of discomfort. It's like prior to the mother giving birth, both the mother and the child have to feel uncomfortable. The baby's starting to get a bit hot. It's getting, can't move around. It's, it's all tight in there, claustrophobic. And so it has to get to that point. Otherwise, it's not going to initiate that birthing process. The mother has to get uncomfortable. She can't sit down. She can't move. She can't lie down. She can't get comfortable. She has to get to that point so that she will actually push that child out of there. There has to be that feeling of repulsion for us to go into that next phase of rebirth. So the same thing leading up to any of these, whether it be the Saturn, the Pluto, the Uranus, the Neptune, the Chiron, any of them, is that leading up to it, we've got to have that feeling of um, I don't want to be here anymore. I don't like this. It's not giving me anything. And that feeling of being uh, ready and to, to repulse, to push away. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand that you don't have to push everything away. You just have to push what is relevant to this planet's position in your chart. And it's interesting looking back, because I know that at the beginning of towards the beginning of my Pluto square I made the decision to move cities and it felt like a real pressure like oh I have to get out and I'd been kind of wanting to move anyway for some time and then when I looked back and someone first told me that there was a transit called Pluto square um, and I looked it up and, the, and he gave me the dates so I went oh my god that's the date I decided to move and it was like dun 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 and that was when I first started to realize that yeah, you don't believe in astrology. Um, I mean, I guess you can, but it's it's more like a, it's a science. And I mean, it came from, well, years and years of, of history, but the astrology that I'm studying with you is based on that Greek astrology and, and doctors were all astrologers at that time, which in Greek civilization was what, three to 600 BC. And, and it was... It was the talent and that was what happened. That was how society worked, really, was with astrology. And it just kind of went through its <clears throat> damming down over the years before it's really recently started to become a lot more popular again. Yes. So, you know, the thing is, is again, is being able to um, focus specifically on what needs to change, what area needs to change. So I always see it's a bit like we go through the death disintegration rebirth, and that's common for all of these. So we go through that death phase, which is we feel like I'm not growing anymore. Now, sometimes that might be to do with work. It might be to do with a relationship. One thing in particular is that when you see the Pluto square transit, 
because it's facing our greatest fear, it is about dealing with that confrontation. So there will always be someone or a situation that will challenge the person. Now, again, astrology can actually tell you who that is. Is it going to be a parent? Is it going to be a work colleague? Is it a health practitioner? Is it a personal trainer? Is it one of your friends? Is it your flatmate? Who is it that's going to take that role and actually become confrontational and play that role of empowering you, building up that strength, transforming how you relate your sense of power and not being scared of it and being able to shift and transform that relationship. So in that regards, we also get to the point where it's about being grateful for the other person because they are playing a role. And if it wasn't them and their cardboard cutout, it would be someone else. So that's helpful. So first off, there's that sense of there is that death. It's the old way can't go on anymore. We've used up all that juice or that all that soil in the pot plant or or we've used up all of the experiences that are there. And then there's the disintegration. Now, that's the compost phase. You know, that's the old is gone and the new hasn't arrived. And that is where most of us have our biggest freakouts because it's that feeling of, oh, my goodness, I can't go back. I know I can't go back but I don't know what I'm going into. And it is like falling through a void. Now, obviously, with myself being an astrologer, I knew exactly that this was going to happen and I can date it and I can see that, yeah, okay, I'm just, I've am just i just got to let go into this void. I don't know whether I'm going up or down. I know that I'm just in this sense of it's like a nothingness that is everything, you know, and, and just – Embrace that. Embrace that feeling. It's okay. You won't be like that forever. There will come a turn. The the it's like going into a whirlpool. It will spit you out over there. It's like getting caught in a rip. The ocean will spit you out to the side. You know, just relax. Go with the energy. It's all okay. And and then they do get that. This is the rebirth. This is the new. This is where I'm going to go. And the energy is elated. And then you feel like, wow, this is me. I've transformed. I'm in a whole new experience. Now, the wonderful thing with that, as I said, first off, astrology, you can date that. But you can actually, and of course, I've been rabbiting on about this for decades, but now I know that medically they can now prove it, is that if you took your DNA at the beginning point of that prior to that death phase, and then at the end of that, we're going to see um, the um, DNA taken again. It's restructured, right? We're, we've actually reprogrammed ourselves. So this is where those fears are no longer holding us. Those stresses are no longer in the body. Those blocks of energy that have been built up from other lifetimes, past experiences are now dispersed. And that has released and created transformation in our DNA. So we aren't the same person who we were when we went into that. So when you look at it from the beginning, we don't know how we're going to be at the end. It's like a little caterpillar. He, he's there. He's got all his legs and he's chomping away on his, his uh, leaf. And then he thinks, oh, I'm a bit full. I'm a bit tired. I'll just have a little nana nap here. So he spins himself this lovely little nest of the cocoon. But when that cocoon opens up, he doesn't know he's got wings. He doesn't He doesn't know that all those legs have gone. He doesn't know. It's a complete unknown. So when we go into these experiences, we don't know how we'll be at the end. We don't know. We have to just trust that process to take us through that death, disintegration, rebirth. And then when that cocoon shell opens up, wow, we've got wings. Now, the interesting thing is, is that that butterfly or the, you know, the butterfly doesn't carry the cocoon shell around with it. There comes a point when we realize thank you to this process. Now that means thank you to the people who have been part of it or thank you to that working environment that helped me to learn that or thank you to this relationship that helped me overcome that or thank you to this life experience and in doing so we let that cocoon go. So the moral of life or the words of wisdom that I can hear from that is trust and be aware that fear and stress alters your DNA. It does, yeah. And if we can actually trust again, let go in this process and realize we're not in charge. <laughs> There's a, there, is, there is this divine energy, this you know higher frequency, whatever you want a terminology, put a name to it. There's, there's an energy that's moving through me. It's not me. It's moving through me. Let that energy move through you and the transformation happens. So the quintessential question is, 
do we have any control over life or is it all just premeditated or is it somewhere in between? No, I don't actually like the word destiny. Um, I feel that it's a bit like being dealt a hand of cards and with your birth chart everyone's been dealt a hand of cards and so you might have the queen of spades the queen of hearts the the four of clubs etc and so whatever's in your hand is what's happening in your chart now one of the things again another tool of astrology is it shows us very clearly what what these characteristics or these um, qualities are and we particularly pay attention to the strengths and the weaknesses so we might have certain qualities that we shine up with courageous it's easy it's effortless and we also have planets where they're in their weakness so we struggle we have this internal conflict but we can still win points by playing a weakness because we've managed it well because with awareness we're making those transitions of change we're aligning our energy we're putting the effort in so destiny itself would say oh that's your that's your hand but someone could have identical hand and they don't play it the same way identical (laughs) twins for example exactly so we have free will to say okay that's what I've been dealt with but then my free will so-called as if you like the destiny part of that but my free will is how am I going to play that and again even just with these experiences big life events that you're looking at it is up to us. You know, as I said, if someone with a Pluto square, there is going to be some sort of measure of confrontation, some sort of strong, intense, challenging experience of life that will be there for them to go through that transformation. But if they keep focusing with uh, animosity and bitterness as to who that person is, then they're not going to get the most out of it. But if they can actually say, what am I learning from this person? What am I resisting from this person? How can I actually change my attitude to this? And that actually brings us to the height. And that's the free will. It's The the free will is not necessarily what the experience is. It's how we manage it. It's am I going to get the most out of this and lift my vibration to a higher frequency? Or am I going to take the worst case scenario out of this and stay stuck in old habits and old attitudes where fear and stress are, are binding my body in tight? So we've talked a lot about Pluto because it is that kind of cannonball transformation effect and about Uranus in terms of freedom. Some of those other midlife transits, um, how do you see like the Neptune square? And I know that there's kind of like that Saturn opposition near near the end. Maybe it's not so major. Can you tell us a little bit about them? Neptune's energy for all of us, as far as the transformation as it comes through our chart, is about acceptance, acceptance of ourselves, acceptance of what we're feeling so that we're not just feeling, you know, so we've got a full arrangement of what our feelings are, but most of us are trained to like only certain feelings and these feelings don't get liked and a lot of that comes from our upbringing so for instance if we're a little toddler and we're having a tanty we actually get rejected or sent sent away it's like well hang on a minute you're teaching that child to not like their anger or to not like their sadness whereas there's ways to still embrace those feelings it's always about appropriateness because there's inappropriate times and ways of expression but there's definitely appropriate ways to still make it that it's holistic and so a lot of us grow up with these feelings are great these feelings are not so all those ones that get judged get suppressed so with that Pluto so yeah with the Neptune transit it's about accepting and loving all of who I am all of me my sadness, my depression, my my anger, my my whatever emotion. And by accepting all of me, then I accept all of life. I accept all of others. And so we see that often when we have judgment of others, it's just showing that we have judgment in ourselves. When we have uh, maybe limiting attitudes to certain experiences, it's because we're limiting ourselves. So the Neptune transformation that we go through, and always with these, we can see what is that light at the end of the tunnel? What is the outcome that you're focusing on? Again, we don't need to be doing 360 degrees. We're, life is so... Uh, kind and so compassionate we don't have to be doing everything all the time as i was saying we only need to change this thing we don't need to change all the other parts of our life and the same thing with any of these planets focus on 
what is specific to this lesson? What is it that I need to learn? What is it that I need to go through? Where am I heading? What's my directional purpose in this particular experience? And by doing that with the Neptune one is what do I need to bring acceptance of? And right back to your chart, it will tell you specifically, you need to bring acceptance to this area of your life. And by doing that, the ripple effect of that, because Neptune rules the ocean, the ripple effect of that will permeate through all other areas of your life. But you don't need to focus on all other areas because then we'll feel overwhelmed and often lost and confused, disorientated. Whereas if we can say, I just need to bring acceptance to this. And a big part of that for me, probably when I went through that, uh, in my own spiritual journey, I spent a lot of times in my, um, well, growing up, I was very aware of the metaphysical energy around me. So I had a very strong psychic awareness of the energies around me. Um, and I grew up in a family that some others in the household didn't understand that or see that or know that. So I, I learned from a very young age that I, who I could share that with and who I couldn't. Because it didn't stop it in me, I could still, still sense those things, but I learned that uh, these people will judge that or be scared of it. So it became a part of me that I sort of just had in my own private self. I also grew up in a household that was Catholic um, and that had its own experiences to it. But my journey took me on a different path and... I became a disciple of um, a particular teacher, um, Osho, um, and he introduced me to other ways of meditation, other ways of clearing my energy, healing my soul. It gave me a, a totally different life experience to what I had experienced in Catholicism. And even though I, I hadn't been in the church for many years, decades, Around the time of my Neptune transit was when I um, shifted my mum from Gisborne up to Tauranga to be closer to us. And she was a Catholic, but she was at a time in her elderly years that she needed help and support. So I would be picking her up and going back into the church with her. And sometimes I'd just drop her off and sit at the back or, or go outside and walk around the garden. Um, but it meant that again, for me, it was taking of that judgment away. I embraced that world again. You know, I allowed myself to feel this is, this is beautiful. I allowed myself to enjoy that, you know, like it wasn't like, oh, I can't go back to the Catholicism or, you know, it, it just, I, I, I loved singing the songs and, and, um, and I love the way that they all shake hands and say, peace be with you. And, you know, like there was some real beautiful heartfelt moments for me. So, that for me was a big step was to be able to embrace the other qualities of my religious or spiritual life and to just bring it all into a, a holistic approach with no judgment and saying to people, yeah, I'm an astrologer and not being scared of their reaction or their judgment. So, yeah, I felt for me that was, and it was a gift that my mum gave me by, by coming to live local at that time that I got to share with that. Mm. that's really inspiring mm. How, what about that Saturn opposition well again the oppositions are really different because they show us the same thing from a different viewpoint so um, as I said um, before with my Saturn it was about bringing astrology out to the to the community and actually establishing myself as a full-time astrologer so that I would basically just commit myself to astrology and in whatever way I could do that. So with the halfway around for me, it was very much looking at the what can I create from that? And I think for me, because that sort of coincided with the freedom of getting out of the um, continuing education night class program, which as I said, kept me within the curriculum, it gave me the chance to build up my skill and actually really open up those classes. Whereas before I could only do like level one, two and three, that was all I could work on. So I did for like so many years, 20 years or so doing levels one, two and three. But since that Saturn and the Uranus, it's, you know, like now my school is, um, we go up to level 12 
you know, like I've really opened that right out and, and allowed that to grow. So it gives you the same thing because it's sitting on that polarity. It's sitting opposite the chart and saying, I'm looking at that exact point, but I'm looking at it from a different viewpoint. And it gave me the opportunity of putting my style to what do I want my students to shape their studies with? What am I passionate about with astrology? There's plenty of parts of astrology. I respect those that are in into that part of astrology but it just doesn't do it for me that there's things that I just don't even go near every time I I look at doing progressions it's like no it just doesn't do it for me I'm passionate about these things these things give me the response they give me the tools I can be creative with this I've, I've created all these different so-called sculptures and astrology out of these tools and so that was that for me was just being decisive rather than looking again at should I be like what those other schools and teachers are doing? And I thought, well, no, that's I can't do if it's not if I'm not passionate about it. I have to follow my creative passion. So the Saturn sitting halfway around the chart was obviously with Saturn being in Leo and in my second house. So it was very much about own my passion, own my creativity, create it in my style. And that's really helped me to, again, have that confidence or build up the things that I value as this is what's important. This is what I want, how, I've, how I am dedicated with my astrology and the tools that I use through all my different varieties of ways of dealing with people. Because I do corporate work. I work with businesses in regards to staff recruitment, recruitment um, business planning, financial planning uh, we do wedding planning you know like there's there's so much that in every area of life no matter what business it is that astrology just gives you this incredible ease and smooth and streamline effect so whether it be with health as a lot of people going through health issues I can help them to understand why that's there, what you need to do to move it, what's the lesson involved, what are the remedies that are likely to work for you more so than other remedies that your body will react to, you know, all those sort of things. So, you know, there's an enormous amount of tools in my kit bag, but every one that I have in there I'm passionate about, and that's what the Saturn showed me is choose the tools that I want to have in my kit bag. And it's interesting because my husband was a builder and, you know, obviously they get kitted up with all their different van load of tools. But there were some that on their tool kit, on their um, tool belt, or even in the van, the ones that you use every day, the ones that you're always going to have as your favourites. And, yeah, I can relate to that. The ones, the tools of astrology that I have as my favourites. And it was from that Saturn halfway point that I realised, yeah, I'm, putting my name on those tools and saying yeah these are these are mine and some is some of them as you know being one of my students is that I've created my own tools I've I've created things that other astrologers don't have and um yeah different methods different systems different techniques because I I see the uh how how that can be applied or how it can create an again a better um shortcut it's not that I see that everyone's life is short but if we can maximize our life as much as possible through the learning, we come in at that south node. I see it's a bit like arriving at the airport and the baggage we've brought with us uh, from other lifetimes. And we're growing towards our north node, which is our soul's awakening. And this is the whole process for us all to grow and evolve. And astrology just gives us so many tools to help us to streamline that process, to accelerate that, to maximize it, to go through it, to understand it, to live the best and yeah, to live the best life that we can. Well, I'm inspired that the Uranus opposition and the Saturn opposition, like once I get there, that it's almost like it's something to look forward to rather than something to be wary of. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't see them to be something to be scared of. You know, it's a bit like, you know, watching, say, the Ninja Turtle. No, Ninja Turtle. Ninja Warriors. You know, I don't know if you've seen that show, but, you know. They, no, oh, only Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Back in the day. Those obstacle course um, athletics that they do. And, you know, it's just the same thing, you know, like it's just that awareness of what's coming in, how best to do it. Am I jumping over this? Am I bobbing underneath it? Am I swinging from one to the other? And, you know, obviously, again, astrology gives us the tools that will tell you exactly how high to jump to actually grab that thing. 
Um, it is unfortunate that a lot of people don't have these tools. And so that's why one of my passions is about bringing astrology to every life. It is about educating as many people as possible because astrology doesn't do the living for you, but it tells you as if you're going into a dark room, which is your life, going into a dark room, it'll tell you exactly where that light switch is. It'll tell you the layout of the furniture so that even though the room is dark, you know you take three steps to the left, take one to the forward, and there's going to be a table. If you put your arm out to the side, there's the light switch or there's a lamp. You know, like it gives you those tools. And so it doesn't do the living for us, but it shows us how to turn the light on. It's learning how to read the map that can be an interesting process I mean from starting out learning astrology with you and I had a little bit of a background in astrology that I'd self-taught as a teenager um, and a bit through somewhere else and I, I know that we started with the moon calendar and your moon calendar is a humongous teaching tool in itself because instead of having well instead of just having a pretty picture like the graphics are amazing there's so much information in there that could basically like just study that there's astrology it seems to me takes quite some, I don't know, it's like a, it's an art and a science combined. Oh, totally. It is. It's the integration of the male, the, the, the scientific approach, and it's also the intuitive, the feeling, the awareness of the, of the female mm. and the integration mm. of both. And before we finish up, just with the Chiron return, because the Chiron return happens around the 50. It can be, it's a two-year transit. So even with this, again, as I said, we can date it that Saturn returns usually around a year, 18 months. Pluto is going to be a four-year transit from start to finish. The Uranus return, oh, so the Uranus, yeah, halfway around the chart is a two-year from start to finish. The Neptune's a three-year transit. And again, we can actually give you the date. You know, like it might be that it starts on November the 19th and it will take you until October the 23rd in two years' time. You know, so wonderful tool. Uh, the Chiron's going to be two years as well. And the Chiron return is what I call the Warrant of Fitness Health Check. And it's because Chiron in our life first off shows us where we are wounded and where we are to heal those wounds. It's not about doing anything other than flipping that coin over. So the wound on one side, we flip it over, it's the healing. So it's still right there and so here currently we've got the Chiron and Aries generation having their Chiron return um, and this is the wound for them is the negativity of the self Aries is the individual self and our identity of I am so the negativity of that the wound of that is I can't I haven't I won't I don't you know all the self-negating the healing of that is to flip that over and to say, I can, I will, I am. Now, to actually make that change, it's recognizing that I am enough because Chiron will always, no matter what generation we belong in, and of course, each generation has its own little story. I'm born with the um, Chiron and Pisces, so my generation is different to the Chiron and Aries or the Chiron and Taurus. We, we've all got wounds in a different way. But every one of those generations will have a I am something not enough. Okay, so the, the, the something changes depending on the generation we belong to, but that not enough is the Chiron. And so that's where we actually put all those negativities upon ourselves. So here it's the recognition of moving that over, changing that. But because it's the, it's the coin, as I said, it's like we are we have all the resources we need inside us. We have all the knowledge or the understanding. We start with the Chiron with the likes and dislikes Chiron is so clear about I call it little Goldilocks knows exactly what it likes and doesn't like whether it be the porridge the seat or the bed there's little Goldilocks this is too hot this is too cold this is just right this is too high too too low too hard too soft little Goldilocks knows exactly what she likes and that's what we are needing to do with that Chiron find out exactly what do we like what don't we like but in our chart itself, it will show from the aspects, which is the angle of contact around the chart, it will give us what I call a warrant of fitness. Now, here in New Zealand, we have what we call a warrant of fitness for the cars, for the vehicles on the road, and everything gets checked, whether it be the brakes, the seatbelts, the lights, it gets checked for its safety and for its um, maintenance and so here, the Chiron return transit is doing exactly that. It's going to go through every other of those aspects that you have natally 
which is setting up your self-development story from your birth and that through your life as Chiron goes around, it's going to work on each of those points. When it comes back to its point of origin, so it's gone all the way around the chart, back up again, it needs to have said, I've done all those. So here's my little warrant of fitness checklist. Have you worked through that issue with your mum? Did you sort out your education doubts? Did you sort out your emotional blocks over this sort of relation? It will go through every one of those checklists. And if you haven't, then it gives you that two-year period to actually work through them as quickly as possible. Just like a vehicle, if it fails, it's warrant of fitness. It's got a month to get all those things done and get it back to the mechanic. So Life is very compassionate. It gives us the opportunity to learn from these lessons, but it, it's so kind in saying you've got this window of opportunity to make the most out of that. Now, that doesn't mean to say that everybody does. Okay, <laughs> so, you know, we don't, and this is that thing I was saying before about destiny, that point, that journey between point A and point B is outlined, but it'll show us which choice we want to do, the nice, easy path or the hard path or the early path, or the I'm going to leave it to the last moment path. But it's also some people don't even want to get to point B. And so that lesson gets so-called frozen. So the next one along on these cycles means it's a harder lesson for them. All right, mm. so if you haven't done your Saturn return and you haven't made that major decision in your life, then that Pluto square is going to really, sorry, going to really, shove that to you it's going to have much much more impact and if you haven't done that Saturn return that Pluto square then come to that Uranus halfway around that's going to become even more intense so they just keep compounding if we haven't done the work to get there if we've done the work to get there it's a lot easier to get through it's a lot easier to to, to transform and uh, and even that you can do it ahead of time you can you see your window of time and you think great you know might be that it takes four years but you might get it done in three perfect great or you might leave the whole process to that last six months and boy is it intense and that's when you see people go through major crises because they've left that learning process right to the last minute so the Chiron return is about making that health checklist and it's a good time to get full body checks and get all your health things done but again from its location you can see exactly what body parts are likely to be under issue or what body parts are needing more attention or even what types of remedy are needing to be brought in to help you along on your process existence is so kind it doesn't leave us it doesn't leave us stranded you know it, it gives us the information it gives us the resources and just as you say with your birth chart we've all we all have a birth chart i am i love the way that everyone's charts different and everyone's got their story it, it's one of my inspirations that every chart is different and what is the story of this individual and even twins you know you mentioned before about twins i love doing charts for twins because They've got identical charts, but they're living them out differently. And I love, I love discovering that story with them. So, you know, I think there's a big thing here about being inspired by astrology. There's, there is no end to it. Even, you know, obviously with the studies of astrology, you never get to a full stop. There's never going to be a full stop. There'll be comma, comma, comma. It's an ongoing paragraph. It's an ongoing journey. And it's really just a matter of, how we can use it in our life, how can we adopt these tools and skills and talents and techniques to actually make the most out of this life experience, to understand who we are, which is one of the key points, to bring acceptance to others and to understand them and, and who they are and why they do things the way they are, um, to help us make decisions in our life. So with the timing of events or whether to have a, a gap year for a teenager or whether to go straight to university or whether to go into a job you know these things are, I'm helping people all the time to actually bring the best to using the energy that is available to them and as I said before timing is is so valuable with that so that you can understand exactly you know like I had a lady I was working with the other day in Sydney and I hadn't actually done any work with her. Her last reading with me, was, with me was four years ago. But the first thing she said to me was, initially I didn't follow what you had told me and then I had a major crisis in my life and I fished out your reading and 
And then she said, and once I started following the, the direction that you gave me, I just feel like I'm in this amazing place in my life. And I feel so happy that I've done this. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was lovely to see her and to reconnect again. And it's it's just getting what's what's the next part of your journey? What's the direction to take? What decisions have you got? One of, as you know, with one of my greatest passions with astrology are the eclipses. They happen every six months. Uh, we've got we're in the eclipse season now. Our next full moon in November will be a lunar eclipse, and the following new moon after that will be the solar eclipse. And I see these are like times when we pull the lever on our railway track. So we, normally our train would go to the left, but now we get a chance to take our train to the right. So aligning those those changes of I can actually make easy changes in my life with these major cycles it means that we can feel like I'm I'm on track I'm literally on track I'm doing things at the right time there's no need to be scared of those processes if you are aware of what's coming up what are the lessons what do I need to do what do I need to pack in my kit bag it's all about utilizing the tools of these this awareness and then there is nothing to be scared of. The process is going to help us to grow. It's going to help us to change. It's going to help us to lift our energy up. The transformation is a beautiful experience. That butterfly is going to come out of the cocoon. And take off into flight without even knowing that it has wings. <laughs> it just happens. Wow. Well, there's certainly a lot of food for thought there. So how can people contact you? What's the best way? I have a you? website. So it's astrovision.co.nz. And that gives a, a rundown of all the different services and products that, um, that we have available. So obviously there's classes, there's readings, there's calendars, books, products. And you've got some online teachings or an online school in progress and people can sign up for the list yeah, to learn with you that way too. We're taking names for the next um, lot that we're going to be launching that next year. So bring people's names and contact details and just giving them the, the lead into that. Uh, so it's going online next year. I also have uh, audio sessions, as I call them, uh, which are like podcast type things, but they come with notes. So it's sort of like a little bit of homework that you can do for yourself. Um, it's a little bit different to a podcast because you do need to download the notes as well. Um, yes, I have those on there. Um, yeah, we also have our social media sites. So obviously, we've got the Facebook, Instagram. It's all AstroVision. Great. Easy to find then. Easy to find. Yeah, yeah. And the moon calendars are sold in New Zealand throughout. So there's lots of local stores for people to get them from. Obviously, you can get them from us online. But we also create an Australian version and we ship them over to Australia. We have an Australian distributor and they're going out to all the crystal stores and to the plenty of the gift shops out there as well. Great. So right across Australasia. And if you are in a different time zone, you can always buy either of those and do your own uh, or your own changes because uh, even it's worth it really for the teachings that are within all of those amongst the, the stunning artwork uh, that's there. Highly recommend that's a, a great great resource yeah, and of course the moon calendar the actual information is available for everybody no matter where you're living on the planet the only difference is the time that those things are happening so for instance the the full moon for instance if it was here in new zealand at uh, in the early afternoon it would be in england in the early morning you know so you'd have to know your time difference of what, where you are um, so you can actually make those adjustments if you are aware of that we do give some how to use um tips in the first part of the calendar so that you can um, make those adjustments but the rest of the information that's in, in the calendar is there for everybody it doesn't matter where you live on the planet thank you so much for joining us on the show Harsha I'm thank you for having me delighted <laughs> delighted that you're able to make it yeah, it's been a real pleasure. As I said, I, I live and I breathe astrology. I, it's something I can't turn off, you know, whether it's um, watching a movie and seeing if the, the physical features of the 
of the person that's being cast actually matches the the qualities that they're portraying you know like those things really make or break a movie for me so you know everything that I do and it is my everyday inspiration whether it be gardening and and tuning into when's the right time to plant or to prune or to harvest everything you know whether it be a business meeting or whether it be even going shopping I'll choose it on the right day if it's to go and have a massage I'll choose it on the right day and time so yeah for me I just live and breathe it so it's been a real pleasure to share my excitement and inspiration with you today Sarah and and to your listeners well I'm totally inspired I hope listeners that you are too um check out astrovision.co.nz thank you Relating to life in general, this is the first release of a new song in a very long time. Self-imposed new moon deadline in place to be able to share with you. No Mercury retrograde mucking with my microphone, but definitely no fancy recording technique as I dip my foot into figuring out how to record. Here is a song I wrote recently. It arrived while in an online shamanic drum circle thanks to Chalice of Wild Heart and fellow drummers on the night. It's a quiet and reflective track, pertinent but not limited to current times. Here is Courage. Courage, I call upon you. Courage, take me home. Courage, I call upon you, take me home, take me home. Courage, I call upon you, courage to hear inside, courage, I call upon you to cross the great divide. Courage, I call upon you. Courage, to find my strength. Courage, I call upon you to find myself again. Courage, I call upon you. Courage to go within. Courage to recognize I'm already perfection. Courage, I call upon you. Courage. Take me home, courage, I call upon you, take me home, take me home. Unraveling Midlife is brought to you from Aotearoa, New Zealand by www sarahmarlowspence.com Theme music is by Sarah Marlow Spence and Saraspati Marie Willis and art by Samantha Hepburn <laughs>